Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. We're giving away the secrets to our method of digitally and physically finding big bucks on public ground. This mini-series is powered by Onyx, and we deep dive into what we look for on a map, how we scout it in person, and what pins we use to help us effectively hunt deer. This is Public Pins. Right now, I am sleepy, and I'm thinking about betting, but I'm not thinking about <laughs> my betting, although it will be nice to get home and get to sleep. But I'm thinking about doe betting because <laughs> it's one of the things that you can probably find on a map fairly easy and be a pretty quality hunting spot, especially once the bucks get interested in the does. Yeah. Don't you think so? Is that something that you are pretty interested in hunting? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I've killed some nice bucks around doe betting, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... What What is doe bedding, and why is it different than anything else that you see in the woods? I like the way you started this podcast. Do you? Yeah, I do. I've actually laid my head down right over here before <laughs> and uh, took my bedding there in a hotel. Uh, we're in Little Rock. You saw that bridge back there? Yeah. We. Uh, I used to play a show right beside of, in a venue right beside that bridge that goes over, I guess, the Arkansas River there, and I'd pee in the river off that bridge. <laughs> I could finish peeing before the pee hit the water. <laughs> so if you're interested in stuff like that, you can listen to our scrape podcast. But right now we're talking about doe bedding. And I uh, I do think doe bedding is, is a really good place to spend, in my opinion, probably the last, you know, two months of the season or so. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, doe bedding is a place that does bed throughout the year almost year round they will find these places usually that they can bed they don't do in my opinion nearly as much relocating as a buck will Um, when a doe finds a place in case he made a good point earlier 
um, that has the resources that they need. So food and water, when they find that place, they t- typically stay there until that place disappears just about. Mm-hmm. So it gets, you know, cut, cut by a farmer, tilled up, you know, whatever, destroyed in one way or another, or just becomes maybe a little too close to comfort to human activity for some reason. But there's got to be a lot, I think, to kick them out when they find a place that they like. Yeah, well, if you've ever bumped does as opposed to bucks out of a bed, like bows, bows, <laughs> does tend to like bound off, you know, with the flippy floppy tail and yep. like, you know, it's like, oh no, you know, where like <laughs> oh, no. when you bump a buck out of a bed, he is tuck tail and running yeah, he's doing the whole bobcat thing. Isn't yeah, he? he's dude. trying to stay low. Yes, he does yep. not want you to know who you found. You yep. know, and those, you know, I I really tend to think that like they know that they're just not going to get shot that much compared to bucks. And I think that even uh, if you didn't hunt deer at all in an area, bucks are still going to bed in a much like more particular kind of elusive, uh, you know, way back in their type spot. You know, so yeah. those just aren't as wary because a lot of times they have multiple eyes in one spot is mm-hmm. whereas bucks when they're bedding are usually solo i'm glad they're not three eyed does golly that gummit. yeah you ain't sleeping up <laughs> on nothing um, it, so in what situation do you like hunting doe bedding um I, cruising bucks man yeah i think that's the and we're assuming that we're hunting bucks right so if yes. you're hunting doe bedding for does you can probably probably do any that. situation's <laughs> a good, good, good time. Time. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, but uh i think that for cruising bucks is 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 a is a great time anywhere from you know right before the rut kicks off to you know way on into the season i think is a good time to hunt doe bedding i think that uh on uh windier days is a good time to hunt doe bedding yeah because on a really still day um, there won't be quite as much scent going out, and it's kind of hard to decide what side of the doe bedding to hunt on. You yeah. know, you want to be on the downwind side of it. Uh, you don't want to be too close to where you're bumping those does out of there yeah, either. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a lot of times um, I like it in the mornings as well because, uh, especially if it's not the heat of the rut and you have all-day deer activity, a lot of times you can get in there early mm-hmm. before the deer go to bed, and then you can hunt the downwind side of that doe bedding. Does go to bed, you know, roughly 9 a.m. That's just kind of a... Uh, ambig- or, yeah, ambiguous number I threw out there, mm-hmm. but like, um, and then it's a really good point, though, man. I like that, like, because you mentioned earlier, does are a lot less wary sometimes mm-hmm. than bucks, and just will spend more time. You know, they don't necessarily feel the pressure to get back into bed before it gets daylight, essentially. You yeah. know, so like, it gives you time to get in there, and then once you're in there, um, those bucks are probably going to cruise by at that nine o'clock hour. Yeah, thing. exactly. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's good and daylight and everything. And I'm already eating pop tarts and then I spook <laughs> the buck. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what, what about you? Like, what do you think about hunting doe bedding? Yeah. I like, I like the same thing. I think like if you're hunting for bucks, but you're hunting doe bedding, you're focusing on that. You know, I think I, I'm probably, if I was to rank it one to 10, one being the best, I would rank it a little bit lower than most other things that I would hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, maybe like a six or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just depends on the situation, obviously. But like a situation that I do like um, is obviously from, you know, about November on when they real when the deer, bucks are really cruising um, all the way into late December, it's a good time, I think, to hunt. And so what you find a lot of times, I talked about this with the scrape situation um, in the scrape podcast we did on these uh, on this subject. Um, we 
I was hunting, you know, the thick stuff and I was hunting scrapes, but essentially what was happening in that, the story that buck I killed in late December last year is that I think a fawn or yearling, whatever you want to call it, a six month old deer came into heat and then things got haywire. And I think Mm -hmm. that can happen around doe bedding late and you obviously have a higher chance of encountering a crazy situation late around doe bedding because the does are going to spend a lot of daylight hours in that doe bedding. Not to mention there could be multiple family groups of does in there. So you've got, say, seven or eight, nine does in one bedding area. Uh, You have a lot of chances for a doe to be in heat Mm -hmm. and you to be in the right spot encountering bucks during daylight at that you know, in that area. So I really do like it a lot, especially late in the season. Cause you also have a lot of times, you know, second cycle for those that didn't get bred. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, there's uh, definite advantages to yeah. hunting over this. Whole I think thing. it might be at the bottom for me. Like really? this was nine or 10. It's hard for me to say which one, not because I think it's a bad tactic. I think it's an excellent tactic, but I think that with my style of hunting and traveling around and wanting to hunt in different states and hunting different areas that um it's a very conservative play and it's not really my thing to be conservative because you know i kind of have a couple deer tags in a couple different states and i want to make aggressive moves and and you know i'm not like go you know lay in his bed and wait on him you know but at the same time you know like i, I would like to go make something a little bit more aggressive move uh, i think that doe bedding is a place where you could put a permanent stand mm-hmm. and just go back and, and save all that loud noise and yeah all the 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 fuss of you know having to pull down and set up like you can have a permanent stand that's made for a certain wind direction around doe bedding and you know, if you're a guy who hunts your family property and that's what you love to do and you don't really travel very much and you're just kind of after a target buck, like, it's a great, great way yeah. to hunt that. That's And that's what I found in 2015. I killed a buck called One-Eyed Jack. Uh, one of our first videos we ever posted here at The Element um, was the video of me shooting that deer. I self-filmed it. It was the deer's a, one of my bigger deer. He's a big old 10-point, you yeah. know. And this deer was... Uh, you know, an old buck, seven and a half is what we thought he was. And um, I'm sitting there, and I, like you said, we've got a permanent stand there. But, mm-hmm. uh, and that's been there since 2011, which I killed a buck uh, in December of 2011 in the same stand. Um, it's it's near doe bedding. You could literally, um, it, you can see it from the road. And so you can drive by and see does out there almost any time of day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like any time that you drive by, you expect, you're kind of disappointed when you don't see deer, you know? And so um, I hunted this spot, like you're saying, it's a, it's a conservative play, but I hunted it like five days in a row. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I had two encounters with the buck, and, and the last one, obviously, I killed the buck on, and he was just... 20 yards behind this big old mature doe that probably just didn't get bred the first time around or something. I don't understand mm-hmm. exactly, but it was on December 3rd, I believe. And uh, he's just, you know, it's not like a, it's not like rut craze, right? He's just, he's with that doe. He probably bedded within 20 yards of her that day. And when she got up to go feed, he followed her out of the doe bedding mm-hmm. and just went with her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's just with her for, for a couple days there or whatever. And so anyway, I, I see that. Um, I saw it in 2011 when I when I killed a buck there, and in 2015, um, same deal. You know, I also had a. I also killed there in 2014, uh, same stand, 
um, had a deer in December, and uh, he was cruising by that doe bedding early, early in the morning, mm-hmm. which you mentioned, you know, like yeah. morning time hunting. So, and in twenty twenty nineteen, you were hunting it quite a bit for on the same pattern. And then uh, d- it didn't come together for you, but you had trail camera data of the same situation. Yeah, you had an sure. old buck that you were trying to hunt over there. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about how you find doe bedding on the map. What would you be looking Man, for? Man, that's a little bit of a tougher one. Um, I think that what I would look for is a food source of some sort or resources. That's what we said earlier. Yeah. And I think it's a good because it could be water or food either one that something does need they, they just don't care to expend a lot of energy or cover a lot of ground you know they're just mm-hmm. wanting to be in the the closest um i guess passable or whatever the right word is they're like the closest habitat that will work for their needs mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the gnarliest thickest nastiest just something that works because again like a lot of times there's going to be three four or five does in a family group so they have safety in numbers they have a lot of eyes so they don't have to be in the thickest stuff but i'm going to look for thickets or like maybe even monotonous habitat habitat near a food source or some type of resource um that they can feel like they can easily get to and eat, but also, you know, be able to kind of get in some cover and hide when that is needed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, I think you're dead on there, man. It's like, if the resources are right, then they don't necessarily need the thickest, nastiest stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, if there's a pretty thick, uh, you know, whatever it might be, plum thicket or honeysuckle bush or whatever near, near, um, you know, really close to that food source, I think that you can almost guarantee that there's going to be at least one family group of does bedding there. And, um, yeah, I think that, you know, another thing, when I mentioned the honeysuckle thicket, um, you get some midday browse a lot of times in those honeysuckle Mm -hmm. thickets for us, at least in Texas. Um, and I think that that is kind of a dual purpose, uh, resource, that really is attractive to does in an area and in some other places as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man, for sure. So what are you seeing on the ground whenever you go in after you've map scouted a place? And, and, like, when you find doe bedding, what's it look like? The good thing about finding doe bedding is you can get up in there and find the doe bedding, and I personally don't feel like you blow it out a lot of times. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, And the thing is you can literally stomp through the bedding, find the beds, and go – Okay, mm-hmm. I know that this is the place. There's, you know, there's six beds in here that I found. Yeah, and I can get out of here, and I can come back in a few days or whatever, and it'll be just like it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, then, um, you know, at that point, really, what you're looking for is um, when you're on the ground is getting in there and looking for a some kind of trail that goes around the edge of those thickets mm-hmm. and that bedding and that's probably going to be the cruising trail that's happening from november on that bucks are going to use on certain winds you know what i mean we found one of these spots actually this winter doing some winter scouting that we're super stoked about on texas public yes and uh it's a it's a pretty large little spot it's one of those uh the will primos ridges where it's like a foot higher than all the surrounding stuff but that really changes the uh you know the i guess flora that's around there there's Mm -hmm. a lot more cedar trees a lot taller grass 
in this area and there's a lot of bedding that goes on out there and actually there's a couple different trails there's actually a trail that cuts through the middle of that thing too that i'm sure bucks are, are using as well so mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of wind direction dependent but i think that's a huge point is like finding that trail that orients to that doe bedding because anybody can uh walk around and say like oh look there's a doe bed but putting the pieces together to actually kill a buck that's you know uh, I guess relating to that doe bedding, that's that's what we're really trying to do. Yeah, and you mentioned at the beginning, like hunting one of these places with a good wind is good is a good thing because you know as much as anything, I think just being able to go in in an afternoon, which can can still be an effective time to hunt these things and not bump everything out, is important for a bow hunter because you've got to get close to that doe bedding to get shots at bucks that are that are checking that doe bedding. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is kind of tough for an afternoon hunt, but if you can get in the, in the mornings, um, and not to mention just the the propensity for for bucks to check doe bedding in the late morning is a is pretty high. I think yeah. you know, yeah. So for it, sure. it definitely it definitely works out. And I think when when I get in there, you know, a couple of things that I would mark are obviously the beds. And then that that trail on the on the bottom side, um, or whichever side you know that yeah. that you find it on, and you would assume on this particular win is when a buck's going to use that trail. What mm-hmm. about you? Any other pins that you're going to uh, be dropping on on X? They have a bedding pin, mm-hmm. and then they have different icons for bucks, does, and even even species. But mm-hmm. that doesn't matter that much. But um, I'm going to make sure and also denote like with a doe head or a buckhead when i found what kind of bed it is because the bedding one is just like some grass that has a part in the middle of it Uh, and if you're just doing a quick scan of your map you might not really know if it's buck or doe bedding so i'll probably take and put a a doe icon right next to that bedding as well that Mm -hmm. way i know that that's what i'm looking at yeah i actually use the notes quite a bit on my pins yeah i i like to um especially when i'm when i'm map scouting somewhere i've never been to because Mm -hmm. what'll happen is like you know i'll be scouting south dakota or nebraska three months ahead of time and when i go back if i didn't write notes i don't really like it takes me five minutes to figure out what i was thinking and why i thought that was such a good spot you know what i mean it's like but so that's kind of one thing i use with maybe i'm just a little more remedial but i use the pictures for that a lot too Mm -hmm. which i think you can probably do a little bit of both yeah i'm glad they added the notes thing i think that happened a couple years back But before that all you had was the title line Mm -hmm. and then it was a little bit more difficult to fit everything in there. Your titles it, are like three paragraphs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can even just you know type in doe bedding in the title. You yeah. Know, and whenever you like, kind of, uh, I guess hover over that, it'll tell you that that's what's there. But yep. yeah, I think that notes thing. That's a good point, man. You can just do all the explanations about like, you know, this is the. Um, you know the best doe bedding next to this food source and it would really hunt great on this wind and you you need to watch out for this you know primary trail that actually cuts through the bottom third of the doe bedding and all that you know little tiny details that you just can't explain with an icon yeah that's right man so and then there's another thing that i would probably mark when i go in and and you know push out that doe bedding is i would probably try to figure out and we talk about this in most situations the mm-hmm. tree that i'm going to hunt out of mm-hmm. and like you said mark that tree you know you want it to to blow away from the doe bedding obviously your wind to blow away from the doe bedding and then more you know probably more than likely away from the trail that the buck's going to be on. that works on. out good though because those are the same thing there's these yeah. things like scrape hunting for instance where you don't want to blow your wind at the scrape but deer usually approach the scrape from downwind mm-hmm. so like it, it it's kind of like tough to get the the bucks between you and the scrape you know yeah. whereas doe bedding like they're going to be 
smelling on the trail that you're hunting downwind mm-hmm. from the doe bedding. So it's kind of like it plays into the hunter's hands very nicely. Yeah, for sure. So I think, uh, you know, another thing, like you said, use the pictures so that you get in there and you can see the tree that you had, you know, marked and that you know uh, is the one that you need to be set up in. Um, there's, there's a thing that you can also kind of check. Uh, I'm not a big believer in this, but sometimes it hits you in the face so hard you have to pay attention to it. Um, the sides of trees that rubs are on, because I, I feel like bucks rub on trees a lot around doe bedding. Mm-hmm. And I think that you could go to some doe bedding, observe on around that trail that the bucks are, are scent checking on, and see that there's rubs on more on the west side or on the east side. And that would give you, or I'm sorry, east side of the tree. Uh-huh. And that would give you an idea of what type of travel you're looking at from bucks coming to this doe bedding. It won't always be there, but it is something to pay attention to. If you see that most of the rubs are on X side of the tree, you need to take note of that. If you're into this kind of stuff and feel like you need more, you can check out our Map Scout Challenge series on YouTube. These are the most comprehensive scouting videos on the internet. Make sure and subscribe while you're there, and also remember, this is your element. Living it. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.